0: Megillah Yud Gimel Amud Aleph, engaging in history. Uh, the Gemara starts at the bottom of Yud uh, Bet Amud Bet, 12b, uh, where the question is posed there's an apparent contradiction regarding the origins of Mordechai. In one place he's called Yehudi, um, which doesn't mean a Jew, it means somebody from the tribe of Yehuda, and in another place is called Yemini which implies that he is from the tribe of of Binyamin. various different answers are given for example Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi says his father was from Binyamin and his mother was from Yehuda. the rabbon and the Rabbis generally say mishpachot mitgarot zu bezu, the various tribes competed with one another mishpachat Judah or ana garim Anagarim de Mordechai the tribe of Yehuda would say, We were the cause of, of Mordechai being born, although he's not from our tribe. Why? Katle David Le Shimi ben Because in back in earlier times when King David was being cursed by Shimi ben Gera, at the time that King David Mohammed David was going through a very difficult time, Avshalom was, was rebelling against him, he was uh, exiled from, from his palace, and Shimi ben Gera came out and cursed him in public. And by rights, he should have applied the din of Mored b'malchut, that when an individual uh, rebels against the king, disgraces the king in public, uh, his high of mitah, that's a capital offense, and David would have been fully entitled to kill him, but he didn't. And because he didn't, Mordechai resulted from that. Mordechai was a descendant of Shimi ben Gera. However, Mishpachat Binyamin, the ben- Benjaminites, would say he's descended from us. So it doesn't matter that you had some part in his evolution, but he's genetically descended from us. He's a Benjaminite. Rava, Omar Rava said, Knesset Yisrael, Amra Le'idach This is Hashem talking. When the, uh, the word Knesset Yisrael is talked in Kabbalah and in, in Gemara, often that's a, a name for the Shekhinah. Uh, meaning God God himself, God says this in, in a different way. In other words, in a negative way, or as Rashi says, <laughs> This claim is to have, of the these two individuals, David and Shimi, and David and uh, Shaul, a Benjaminite, and a person from Yehuda, is a claim made by God, not by the tribes. And how does he explain it? Re'u me Yehudi. Umashi Yemini, see what the person from the tribe of Yehuda did to me, and how I was repaid by the person from the tribe of Binyamin. Yehudi, what did the person from the tribe of, Je- of Yehuda do? That means King David. David Shimi David did not kill Shimi, which he was entitled to do and perhaps should have done and it yalid mine Mordechai, from him came Mordechai, and instead of that being praised, what a great Mordechai, man Mordechai was, it's brought as criticism, demikni be Haman, because he riled Haman up. Haman got jealous of Mordechai and directed his anger first at Mordechai and then at the whole Jewish nation, uh, and, and Mordechai was in some way responsible for that. Umashileim And what did the Benjaminite do to lo kat Shaul also failed to kill Agag. Uh, Agag was the king of the Amalekites and they had wiped out the Amalekites except for the king Agag and Shaul had mercy on Agag and let him live. The next day Shmuel arrived, the prophet, and he executed Agag and rebuked Shaul for leaving Agag alive. But in that night, between the time that Shaul exonerated him and Shmuel arrived, in that night he had relations with a a maid in the in the prison, and the result of that was uh, the beginning of the lineage which gave birth ultimately to Haman. Um, and so Hashem says that by not killing uh, Agag at the right time, Haman de Haman was born, and he caused a great deal of anguish for the for the Jewish people. Now the difficulty in this piece of Gemara is based on what we learned yesterday in on, on Daf Yud Beit which is that this would have happened in any case. The the students asked Rameshima ben Yochai, what is the reason for which the Jewish people of Persia were held responsible and were almost destroyed entirely? What did they do to deserve destruction? And Rameshima ben Yochai, you'll remember, answered that it was because they served the idol, they bowed down to the idol that Nebuchadnezzar had built for his own glory. And it was only Hanania, Mishael, and Azariah who didn't bow down, but the other representatives of the Jewish people did. And that's what they're paying for now. And the reason they're paying for it now is because they affirmed their willingness to flatter authorities even when that required a compromising of Torah values. And they did that affirmation at the dinner that Achashverosh provided for them. So it's not just that they went to the dinner on its own, it's the linkage between going to that dinner and the earlier willingness of the Jewish leaders to bow down to the uh, statue that Nebuchadnezzar had built. In both cases, it showed a willingness to compromise your values for the sake of appeasing authorities. And that's something that that Jews don't do. As we'll see further on in the Gemara, the the word Yehudi uh, means. When we talk about a Jew, it means somebody who rejects Avodah Zorah, who rejects, even if it's the prevailing mood and it's the prevailing zeitgeist, a Yehudi, somebody who is Jewish, rejects idolatry. And although, bowing down to that particular statute, Statue and again bowing down to Haman in the case of Purim was not technically pure idolatry, but it did demonstrate a willingness to compromise our values of, of, of Judaism, our, our Jewish values, our values of monotheism, to somehow compromise our values to find favor in the eyes of authority, to be present at that disgusting party of of Achashverosh. That's not a place where Jewish people should be, but they did it in order to carry favor with Achashverosh. And therefore, they reaffirmed that tendency which their forefathers had. (coughs) And for that, says Rabbi Shimon ben Yochai, (coughs) they are deserving of, of distraction. So clearly the Purim story would have happened in any case. The Purim story was instigated by something which happened generations earlier in the time of Nebuchadnezzar. And the Jews would have gone to Ahasuerus' party. And the result of that would have been that Hashem would have had to bring the, the, the trouble that he did bring in order to bring them to, to, to Shuva. So why are we now holding, Mordech, holding King David and, and King Shaul responsible for the evolution of the story? Uh, And what is the connection between what Shaul did and what David did? So let's start with the second question first. The connection is that in both cases, Shaul and David acted mercifully without employing the midah of Mishpat and Gevuro. So as you know, we have these two poles of, of feeling that we've got to utilize at all times. The one is Chesed, the one is empathy, sympathy, kindness. And the other is Gevurah, which is justice, strength, law. And when we combine these together, we get uh, Tiferet. We get this glorious symphony of, of righteousness that comes not from a soft evading of justice, which would be Chesed alone, nor from a harsh intolerance of, of anyone, which would be Gevurah alone, but a synthesis of the two together. And that means that even when we have to exercise gvurah, when we have to discipline somewhere, whether it's a child or it's an employee, or it's a government disciplining a citizen, or it's a matter of going out to war in self-defense, there are many cases where we have to act with gvurah, we have to act with strength. But the inner place from which we come should be one of chesed. So yes, David Amelech perhaps should have killed Shimi ben Gera. But Dovid Amelech couldn't find it with him, in himself at that moment, to do it Leshem Shemaim, to do it completely for the right reason, to do it from an inner place of kindness. That the kind thing for the Jewish people, the kind thing for the future of the throne, would be, to execute Shimi Ben Gera. Uh, and since he, was, he, he felt too much anger, he felt too much resentment, he decided, this is not something I could do, L'shem Shemayim. And if a king kills somebody using the principle of moraid b'malchut, using the principle of a rebellion, person rebelling against the king, is guilty of death, if he uses that, but in his heart, the reason he's killing the person is personal vengeance, then that becomes murder. That's no longer a king exercising his, his royal right. And David Amelech was afraid that he wasn't able to do this 100% L'Shem Shemayim. It's possible that some of that idea also manifested in Shaul, that he felt he was so angry with Agag that he wouldn't be able to kill him fully L'Shem Shemayim. There would be other feelings uh, involved. And and so they weren't able to synthesize Chesed and gvurah Chesed and Mishpat, in such a way that they were able to bring a glorious outcome that would have changed the future of the Jewish people. Now it's true as we said in the sec- in the first question that the course of history would have been the same. The Jews would have gone to Ahasuerus's party probably and there would have been the, the problems of of Purim. And we needed the problems of Purim to bring us to kiyamu mashi kiblu to bring us to a voluntary acceptance of the Torah in a way which we didn't even achieve at at Sinai at, at the giving of the Torah at Mount Sinai. So Purim is a very important part of our history, and we wouldn't have lost the richness of Purim just because David would have killed Shemi or, or Shaul would have killed Agag. So what does it really mean? What it, what it means is that, as it says in, in today's Pasha, which is, uh, is parashat Shemot, uh, when Hashem introduces himself to, to Moshe and gives him his, his name, so to say, And he says, "Eh eh I will be. He talks about the future. In other words, I am the master of the future. You can't predict the future. You can have no expectation about the future because you have no control over the future. Eh I will be the master of the future. And so history is going to unfold no matter what we do. We don't make history. Hashem brings about events which make history, and Hashem is directing history in a a direction. It's leading somewhere. Perhaps today, because things move faster, we can see it more clearly than ever before, that things are moving in certain directions, and sometimes they take detours, but but we see the general moving in in certain directions, and that's controlled by Hashem. Um, All we can do is either participate in that evolution or try to resist it or disengage from it. We can decide to fight history, or to fight the, the evolution of history, to fight the trends, to fight what's happening, to resist it. And we can decide to disengage, to stand by as a passive observer. Or we can be actively involved in life, in, in every aspect of life, and participate in the unfolding of history as text takes place. So in the case of, of David HaMelech and Shaul HaMelech, being the indirect causes for the birth of Mordechai and and Haman, that means that they are associated with this, they participated in this negative development in the history of the Jewish people. When we participate and engage, we want to participate and engage in the positive developments of the Jewish people. We want to be part of the development of Jewish education. We want to be part of the development of, of the Jewish settlement of Eretz Israel. We want to be part of the, of the mud Torah, of the way the Jews understand Torah and spread the Torah. We want to be part of Oral of being a light to the nations. We want to be part of that evolving role that the Jewish people will play in, in humankind we don't want to be part of the distraction and the negativity that takes place and when we have to do something that is negative and destructive distract- at times we do it needs to come from an inner place of of love an inner place of, of empathy not to be passionate about the distraction but rather to be passionate about the love and the and the caring uh, To when we have to go to war in defense of our country there should be sadness that we have to go to war not some kind of primitive joy at the opportunity to kill enemies. That's not what this is about. There needs to be a sadness. If only there could be a way to resolve these conflicts so that they don't result result in in bloodshed. However, if they have to, because there is no other way, we will do that out of our love for the Jewish people and for humanity ultimately, and our desire to defend and, and protect them. And so in every case, when we have to be stern and we have to be strong and we have to be hard, When we're raising our children, we have to rebuke them, educate them, guide them. Uh, When we have teams of people that we manage and lead, there are times where we have to be uh, hard, where there has to be consequence and accountability and and a level of justice. But check that it's always coming from an inner place of caring, from an inner place of empathy and sympathy and identification with people, and not from a place of, of anger, because that capacity to... Synthesize, chesed and gvura, kindness and strength, leads to the glory of tiferet.